Hi, everybody. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. <laughs> hey, family. It's nice to say hi to you for the first time today. Uh, today's passage is Romans 5, verse 12 to 22. And uh, before I get into it, I just want to say I'm just so excited about everything that Chris shared about, uh, that on May 2nd, we'll start this journey into prayer. Uh, I'm just really uh, excited, even just how the Spirit brought it all together with our apostolic team, and then uh, even so much more just how um, it coincides with us being able to begin meeting and seeing each other week to week. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're an MC leader, as you heard on Thursday, we're asking you to pause your normal programming uh, and do this with us for six weeks. Uh, if you're a DNA leader or in a DNA group, we're asking you to pause whatever it is you're doing and do this with us for six weeks. If it helps you think about it, uh, it's just the month of May and then one week of June that you're going to have to pause your thing. And so I know for some of the personalities that like to complete things, you'll have to take like a little intermission uh, if you're in the middle of a curriculum or something like that. Uh, but I'm really excited to see what God does in us as a church. Uh, as we begin to ask Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray, teach us to be a people uh, that pray. Uh, but still, God has so much to say to us, even now, in the in-between, uh, as we're looking at the, the end of, of doing these Zoom gatherings. Uh, God has a lot to say to us through the book of Romans, even as we uh, reflect on how to live a life of resurrection power together. Uh, and so today's passage is Romans 5, verse 12 to 22. And this is what it says. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For many died by the trespass, and the one of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared the results of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as though the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness and bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is God's word. Uh, during this pandemic, I've watched a lot of Westerns, watched a lot of Westerns lately. Uh, so if you're wondering what sort of pandemic transformation has happened in Brad over the past year, I've either become a very old man or become a very young boy. One of those two things. That's what's happened 
on the inside. But I've got an idea for a Western after watching, you know, High Noon and Rio Grande with Truman the other day. Or Stagecoach. Truman likes the black and white ones because the blood is not really blood, it's just gray. Uh, which is fun. It's a fun thing to think about. But as I've watched these, I've come up with a screenplay idea. Uh, I kind of imagine a, a nice little town uh, where everyone is getting along and everyone's thriving. There's enough gold and silver for everyone. The cattle have lots of food to graze on. But then one man, uh, actually the founder of the town, decides to go out beyond the borders of this town and begin to steal and kill other people. He begins to take other people's cattle. He begins to, to do all sorts of terrible acts. And then uh, he brings in a posse with him. A, a group of people join him as they go and steal. And they're all trying to just expand their territory. And after doing this for many, many years, the people in the town sort of turn the other way. Uh, they, they don't uh, intercede. They don't break. Uh, this guy down, they just allow it to happen. And then eventually, uh, they say enough is enough and a trial happens. A marshal comes in or something like that. I don't have that detail figured out. But eventually he goes on trial and they have this big trial to, to make sure that he gets what he deserves. Uh, that he needs to experience wrath for all the pain and brokenness that he's caused so many other people. And in the end, he's found guilty and the man gets what he deserves. But the town can't stop there. Then they begin to arrest the people and the, of his posse and all of those who joined in with him. And they, have to, and they have to put them on trial. And then after that, they have to say, well, wait, there was a whole group of people that let this happen. They need to be put on trial. And then after that, they might say, but then there's the people that, that sought vengeance, vengeance against the first man and did all sorts of terrible acts. They need to be put on trial. And then they might say, oh, also, uh, there's all of the people who then didn't do vengeance but out of the pain and the grief and the bondage that they felt, they did terrible things out of anger towards others. So they also need to be put on trial. And they do this day after day, year after year. Uh, each trial ends with a conviction and someone being locked away, fines are doled out, penalties and punishments are given until the town becomes just a ghost town with no life happening at all, but all of the citizens are now in jail. Sad, lonely, angry, and wounded. We'll see if that takes place in any sort of movie that comes about. But this is the reality of Adam. Uh, through him, death and sin entered the world. That's what the first pass uh, verses of today's passage say. Uh, everyone is now under sin. Everyone's in sin. Everyone's powerless, both of the seduction and the wounds that sin cause. Uh, through Adam, all of us enter this reality of brokenness. We've all, through Adam, enter the burden of sin. Uh, this is the story and the power of Adam's life. Uh, in the beginning, he was created to know God and love God, to walk with him, to dwell with him. Uh, he didn't have to do six weeks immersion on how to relate to God and come to God. Adam just knew God and knew how to do it and knew how to relate. But then uh, Adam decided to, to trespass. And I think we might have seen a lot of signs like this on fences and stuff. It's like, beware of dog, no trespassing. Uh, we we want to make sure people stay away. And we think, well, surely the biblical word must be different than our word for trespass. Actually, it's pretty much the same. For what Adam did was he saw uh, 
God's rule and God's reign, deciding what's good and right, what's beautiful, what's harmful. And Adam said, I want to go into that territory and be God myself. That is the trespass of Adam, deciding himself, I will do what is right and what is wrong. And he, as he crossed over into that territory of being God for himself, he brought all of us with him into the carnage of trial condemnation. The curse we see in Genesis 3 is one of pain and toil and burden and death and angst with one another. But I have one phrase for you today, and it's from verse 15. It says this, the gift is not like the trespass. The gift of Jesus, the gift of God's grace, is not like anything that comes from Adam. This is completely different. This is completely beyond. In fact, he says at the last part of verse 15, he says, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? And while we'll sit here and we'll say, yes, I live in the reality of a world shaped by Adam, of brokenness and pain, and we think there's no getting out of it, like this small town. We just have to do trial after trial and condemnation after condemnation. But, but what the gospel says is how much more does the grace of God overflow to many? The sins, we think, oh, that per permeates every part of life. But the grace of God goes even further. The gift of Jesus is not like the trespass. In verse 16, he says, nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. It says the judgment followed one man and one sin, and it brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. What this means is uh, wherever sin went, wherever you've crossed the line, wherever you've entered the realm of shame and guilt, whatever parts of your life have been touched by sin, wherever grief has entered your life, the gift of God follows it. The gift of God covers it. Jesus goes there. There isn't a sin too big, there isn't a person too far away, there isn't a marriage too broken, a life filled with too many issues in which God does not speak, in which God does not say, I will go there also, I will enter that place also, and I will make it whole. I know there are many of us who wallow in shame. Uh, we hide our sin, we feel condemned, but the gift comes after the sin. The gift pursues the trespasses. Instead of condemnation, Jesus brings justification or victory. Verse 17, he says, For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus. See, death was the only answer for Adam. Death was the end. Death is the final act of Adam's story. Death is in charge of humanity's story. In fact, death rules so much of our thinking, our worries, our planning. 2020 was a year in which we were dominated by the droning toll of death and the fear of death and the presence of death in our lives. And many of us are afraid, not just of, of death through some virus, but afraid of many, many things. But the gift is different than the trespass. While the trespass brings death and the fear of it, the gift 
is an abundant provision of grace through one man, Jesus. And in that, through that one man, through Jesus, we're all brought into wholeness, and wholeness reigns. Whatever parts of your life are broken, wherever that exists, wherever wounds are festering within your soul, whatever shame attempts to control your life, whatever fear has sort of uh, dominated your soul, Christ reigns over it and he works to make it whole. Welcome to the reign of righteousness, of wholeness. But it's so much more than that. Through Adam, we're, we're controlled by death. But what this passage, what verse 17 is saying, is through the gift of God's abundant provision, we get to reign in life. We are victorious, as we talked about last week. We're not, we're not just uh, getting out of jail. We're brought into the winner's circle, victorious over all brokenness that, that surrounds us. Verse 18, he continues on this sort of, the gift is better. He says, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Verse 19, for just as though disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. Through Adam, we all enter into this world of condemnation. It says for all people, right? But then it says, but through the righteous act of Jesus, him giving his life, him dying our death, him rising victorious over death and evil and broken, through that righteous act, we are, there is life for all people. Through that obedience of Jesus, there is a righteousness for many people. Many of us will be made whole. Many of us will have life. All grief, all disobedience, all of humanity, the gift is for it all. The gift of Jesus' obedience is for all. What a Savior. What a Savior. In verse 20, 21, it says, where sin abounds and where sin increases, grace increases all the more. The gift is different from the trespass and that the gift goes beyond and it exceeds the brokenness, it exceeds death, it exceeds sin. And our popular songs that we even sing and we proclaim with beautiful poetry, we say, death could not hold him. When we're talking about Jesus, it's like death couldn't put its arms around him. Death isn't large enough. Death isn't big enough, real enough, present enough to wrap its arms around Jesus. Jesus so outweighs, he so outruns, he so outworks. Jesus outdoes death so much so that it has no chance to contain him. The gift of grace is just so far exceeding. There's not, a, the, the great book, uh, The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis, I highly recommend it to everyone in our church. This is like the third time in the last three months I've recommended it. But this is what you need to, the, what he says in that. He talks about how all of evil and all of dark, darkness, all of sin in the realm of heaven is just but like a drop of ink in the ocean. Because God's goodness and God's grace so overflows darkness. Now remember the town that I talked about in my screenplay. I think what might happen at the end is imagine if someone comes back into that town. 
who doesn't seek vengeance, but he comes and he offers all of his property to pay the fines to free the people out of jail. And then he offers all of his accolades his, and he leverages all of his power and everything to get the other people free. And then he himself decides to take the punishment. He checks himself into the jail so that even uh, the first man would be set free. And he goes to that person all the way to the rest, from the very beginning person who started all of the carnage, all the way to the last person put in jail. They're open, the doors are open, and the people are set free. But he doesn't stop there. He goes to each person, he mends their souls, he mends their fences and their properties. Uh, as I think about it, it's probably more of a Wendell Berry novel than it is a Western because there's no shooting at the end. But he patiently listens to the grief of those who are angry, he powerfully speaks truth to those who are trying to minimize their wrong. And then lastly, in the center of the town, he throws a huge banquet for everyone. Everyone shows up. And they eat and they drink and they have their fill. The party lasts for as long as anyone can, can remember. And life has come back into this ghost town. This is the way of Jesus. The gift is so different than the curse. Now, this is all so important. All of these fantastic truths with big words like justification and righteousness and the reign of God. But all of these incredible truths change how we live. They change who we are. We don't have to be insecure because we're people who are justified. We don't have to prove ourselves. We don't have to make amends. We don't have to go around trying to cover up our stuff. Instead, we get to be people who bring, tr bring justice, people who get to say the truth about the brokenness around us. Wherever brokenness reigns in our city, we get to follow that and pursue it with the gift of God's grace. We also, we don't have to be afraid because we're a people who are ruled by righteousness. There's no dark corner to fear. There's no death to tremble at. No, we get to be people of wholeness and life. Wherever death is, we get to come and bring the knowledge of eternal life. We don't have to be silent because we are a people with a message of life. Through one act, all people might be saved through our Lord Jesus. I mean, those verses, verses 20 and 21, are pretty phenomenal for the state of our world. Because it says, through Jesus' obedience, everyone gets access to eternal life. Every, the grace extends to everybody. And so we aren't silent. We're not wondering, hey, how can this world become better? How can someone make it whole? I, I, I'm even uh, kind of amazed today. It's like, yeah, the vaccine, yeah, yeah, hooray. Also, there's variants, so we need another vac. I mean, it's going to be a never-ending dosage of shots that we're going to have to put into our arms so that we might survive. But what Jesus offers us is eternal living life once and for all. There's not a multiple-dose thing that we have to endure. We are a people with a message about life, life for all people. Through the gospel, Jesus has opened the floodgates. He's opened the prison doors, and he's not just letting people out free, but he's mending everything, making the world right and whole like it's never been before. This is the power of resurrection in us. 
when the reign of life grips us, when we understand that, we'll walk courageously into the everyday stuff of our lives, knowing that we've received the incredible gift of God's love. We'll know that we've got a life of wholeness and justice to share, and we'll have words to point people to, words that point people to the only hope that ever was and ever will be. Let's pray. Jesus, I, I thank you so much. It's like the only thing to say with this incredible gift is thank you. That you don't just meet uh, the darkness halfway, but you exceed it. That your goodness and your provision so outweighs the cost. Uh, Jesus, we, we pray that this resurrection life would take root in us that we would boast in the hope of the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.